0: Yes. Hello. Oh, oh man, you sound sexy. Damn. Well, yeah, I hope so. My voice is going to be nice. And I, I just threw up like ten minutes ago. It's going to be oh, awesome. Yeah. I really, I really did. I'd like. I, I needed to. I didn't make myself do it. It just happened. I was like, this is going to be great.
1: Good God. That's <laughs> what we, what's well, what we do at the end of every episode. So. That's fine. <laughs> Welcome to Cobras and Fire. We are here for part three of our Megadeth discography series. You may have remembered back in 2017, <laughs> <laughs> we did this, uh, and then we stopped. Was that October? Was that
2: September? No, it was actually the beginning of uh, 2018. It was so we, we. It was like the January episodes.
1: Okay, okay, but it's been quite a while, uh, and that is because <laughs> the uh, we uh, I actually the- it's
2: because Joey was hungry and you were a little baby. I was I was ready to go. I was, I'm going to power through part three. Baco is primed, ready. I got my notes. I got my list. And Joey's like, well, I haven't ate?"
0: So and uh, uh, that's that how it went down.
2: That's from Baco's
1: memory. But that's fine. We'll uh, go with in Baco's other words. Memory. it's right.
0: <laughs> I actually I and I ate Baco's notes because I was so hungry that night. Yeah. So. <laughs> By the way,
1: uh, first off, it was in 2017 because it was recorded while I was on Christmas uh, before uh, before between Christmas and New Year's. But I'll let it go it was i'll say it's 2018 when did did the
2: listeners get it yeah exactly behind the scenes i recorded bruce kulik in 2017 came out in
0: 2018
2: (laughs) moving on
1: i am joined as always (laughs) with the the uh chipper and always enthusiastic and making me feel great Baco. how are you sir
2: i am well Luz. glad to be here uh how are you I am. I have gone through the the, the I have gone through
1: uh, hell or high water. I'm sorry. I have gone through the lungs of hell to be on this episode tonight. I'll just leave it at that. But I am here also joined <laughs> with the great Joey Haney of Rock Strikes 10. How are you, sir?
0: Let me introduce myself. I'm a social disease. Ooh, uh, good.
1: Bo- Bo- a Bon Jovi social disease or just a social disease in jo- general?
0: Uh whatever whatever the one he's talking about in Dread and dreading the Fugitive Mine. Mm, I see. Is that but, too deep for uh, that that early in the episode? Or? I don't think so. I mean yeah, I don't think so either.
1: Now, if uh, were uh, okay.
0: These- the the Cobras and fire shirt actually goes really well with my pajama pants, by the way, <laughs> with the convenience <laughs> hole in the front, you know, well, so, I can uh, tell you
1: this much. Um, the actual place to wear Cobras and fire, the t-shirt is actually at home in the dark, uh, in pajama pants. That's actually it's best use yeah. Yeah, with
0: convenience hole. That's very important. So,
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you've got to be free balling. If you're wearing it, it's part of the deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure people are very excited to hear, um, uh, your pajama pants, uh, ensemble there. But with that said, uh, Baco, uh, I, I was going to call this, this, this era three is what we're covering today. We've mm-hmm. covered era one, which is mega drugs. We covered era two, which was mega, mega fame. Three. And this one I was going to call mega Dave, but I think you have a better name.
2: Yeah. The uh, schedule has failed. <laughs> <laughs> I like a- it. And I'm on Cobras and fire SoundCloud right now. It came out in January. Okay, good. All right, fair enough. Episode 109, <laughs> I, uh, part one.
1: There is production time. It's not instantaneous. It's not recorded and uploaded the same day. It's I just don't know, you know why be- you had to argue with me.
0: Because I'm just of... gonna go. I'm just gonna go back and re-record parts one and two. <laughs>
3: oh, you, you gonna remaster
0: them? Yeah, I'm re-remastered, re-improve, remix, and, uh, re- redo the vocals on it. Yeah, I got my own new new studio. Goddamn I'm gonna re-record every episode of Cobras and Fire now. That's right. So, so let I, the debates begin.
2: I, <laughs> so I think I don't think you're I gonna should... get a lot of complaints. No,
1: I don't think so either. But... <laughs> But this is this is, oh, – I'll say this era – we'll go through some some general things before we get into it. But this era is definitely the – I would say the least celebrated but the most interesting as far as what's happening uh, yep. kind of like be- behind the scenes, like behind the scenes in 2017 when episode came out in 2018. Just seeing how I guess the sausage is made. If there is a sausage is made part of Megadeth, this is definitely it. W- wouldn't you say, Joey?
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about it, on the front end, it's like it doesn't sound like it's going to be a lot of fun to cover. But there's there's flashes of brilliance in this era, um, this era, this post 2000 and beyond. So you know, uh, there's there's good stuff to be had here. But there's also a lot of. Things to poke fun at as well.
1: No, let let me let me rephrase that. I'm saying least celebrate as far as the fame. Oh yeah. Somebody's gonna say this is the the band is prime. There is definitely some gold in this this era. All right, Joey, we're glad you're here. We love when you are a guest on our show because you bring structure, you bring intelligence, you bring Uranus
0: in. Did you say Uranus? (laughs)
1: i may have. no i'm kidding
0: uh, I just, Uranus i'm, trying I'm just, in, uh, just trying to fit in okay all right yeah um so we we kick, uh we ended off the last part by just basically like the 90s are ending and we're getting into the 2000s we ended on uh, a high note we ended up with risk <laughs> yes we did and then that great dance remix of uh breadline oh, uh, thank you so, for writing that there's the Contractual Obligation, Leaving Capital, and then the, there's the uh, the Capital Punishment, Greatest Hits. Sure. And the thing that's notable about that is the, the two magnificent new songs on there, uh, Kill the King and Dread the Fugitive Mind. Um, that right there. In the pre-download era, you kind of wanted to get that CD just to have those songs because they were super strong. And anything after Risk, I mean, it was just a miles away improvement. Yeah. It, it definitely made me feel I, I, I sensed relief when i heard those songs thinking okay the next album is going to be like that so was so that ni- was that 99 or 2000 they i think 2000, 2000 was
2: about, the capital years yeah okay yeah,
0: okay. yeah. and uh, i saw them uh in 2000 in the summer they were opening for molly uh on the maximum yep. rock tour anthrax opened up or at least uh they were on my leg uh, so that was a great that was a great night of rock and roll for sure. Well, like uh, I was mentioning those two songs on Capital Punishment, a sense of relief definitely hit me. And you know, World Needs a Hero, I don't think it lived up to those two songs per se. But you know, anything after Risk, man, I mean you're you're building you're building it back up again. So kind of on that level, it's it's a pretty it's all right. You know, it's it's yeah. not overrated or underrated. It's 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 the Cobra's perfectly rated, I think, for what it is. Can, and I'll, then,
1: I'll just say I'll just say one thing for this album is that uh, I think I put I can't remember which one I said, but I think I put Risk as one of the worst covers, obviously. But this is my worst cover of any other albums. You don't like the Alien tribute? Well, no, I, I think it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 like blurry. It's disgusting it's uh it, it looks like it looks like a, an art project for somebody that says here make a megadeth album it's just not for me this yep. is my worst my worst cover
2: it kind of reminded Martin, me Martin. of uh so far so good so what as far as quality but i like it yeah i don't You're think it's Martin. great but uh i, I think it's kind of cool what
1: what's yep. your thoughts on this album overall Baco? i
2: i think <laughs> kind of what joey said it didn't really you know, it, it kind of reminded you that they're, they're. Well, it was happy to know they weren't going to continue on the path with risk, but at the same time, it wasn't that strong. It didn't really like kind of reaffirm your faith in the band either.
0: Um, by the way, Marty Friedman hates that album cover too, even though he's not on the album. So, but uh, speaking of that, Marty Marty had left the band, right? And they bring in uh, the at least uh, the first time I ever heard of this guy. He was playing guitar for Alice Cooper, Al Petrelli, who played on the Trash Tour. And another Alice alum, Jimmy DeGrasso, who's already in the band at this point. We talked about him. Uh,
2: also from Y&T. Yes. yes. <laughs> Y&T. You want a y expert. Yeah, Y&T wind up Baco. He's good to go. That's for Ross Feichardt, uh the and donkey. <laughs> I know, you guys, you love it.
0: Yeah, and then he played for Suicidal. I think we talked about that on part two also. But um, that's the lineup for this album. Dave and Dave, Jimmy and Al. Oh.
1: Yeah. That, so that, that's that, right I, I should say that uh, we should start right now is going from risk to this album um just like part one part two and part three of any horror movie the body count gets amazingly higher yeah. during this era right for, joey oh yeah for sure Absolutely. so here's so we've got can you just right. so we've at this point we've killed off marty and menza yes
2: yeah i'm gonna keep the, i'm gonna keep a it's written just,
1: count yeah. here yeah, so we've got two deaths so far on the episode, but uh, for me, uh, this this uh, this album, it's just kind of, eh. and uh, <laughs> I can't really do it more than this. This doesn't really uh, stoke my fire for going back to the Megadeth catalog. But uh, so with that said, I I, can't, I don't really have a full opinion because I've never really digested this more than a few, t- a few times. Um, Joey, you have honors as our guest. Do you want to pick a, a track for this album to play?
0: I mean, I, I mean, let's go with the strong one. I mean, I think and the Fugitive of Mind" is easily the uh, the number one song on this record.
3: Let me introduce myself. I'm a social disease. I've come for your wealth. Leave you on your knees. No time for feeling sorry. I got here on my own. I won't ask for mercy. To walk alone Ooh, What's yours and mine What's No one will infect you, pursued by those out there, that vanish in thin air, come a long way to find, what you really left behind, you don't know when the end is, but it's coming fast.
2: After this, uh, we kind of get to where things kind of th- start to fall apart for, oh, Dave and Megadeth in general. Joe, you want to elaborate a little bit on that?
0: Yeah, the band immediately breaks up after the World Needs a Hero tour, and they, they had just signed a new deal with Sanctuary, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not calling Dave on the carpet here, but the whole thing about, like, I have, like, a death in my arm and I can't play guitar anymore. He fell asleep and, in a chair. Yeah, he, yeah, like in a car. I was. He said <laughs> that in his book. And I'm just like, that's really, I mean, that's really weird. I know people that have had nerve damage from sleeping on their arm before. Like, that happened to my cousin, I think. But just the whole, like, inability to play guitar ever again after that. I mean, obviously he could because he got better. But yeah. at the same time, coincidentally, it's another rehab visit. So I'm just like, it just sounds it, it's a little hinky, you know, like going back to rehab. Plus, my arm's fucked up. Like, you know, and he's self-admitted yeah. that he's probably been in, in and out of rehab like 20 times. So this thing just, I mean, reeks of bullshit is what you're saying. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah but can, the weird uh, thing about that is that he was very candid before and after this through his yes. whole book. So it's it'd be a weird thing to lie about. Especially Mm -hmm. considering how, like, unbelievable it is. It's almost, like, so ridiculous you do believe it. He hurt his arm at a Hanson concert. (laughs) That is very embarrassing. (laughs) He rocked too hard. Can I I tell you... Mm -hmm. Oh, my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if anything, it seemed like he embellished the whole, you will never play guitar again. Kind of like, you know, Phil Salmo like, it's the worst back injury any man has ever had. It's like, it, it might. if I was to question anything, that's where my gut lies, is that like, they might have said, look, if you don't rehab properly, you may not get full use again. And that would include playing guitar. And he's like,
4: I'll never play guitar again. But yeah. can I, can
0: I think is, the uh, drugs, go ahead
1: yeah no I was just gonna say in the in the uh and also like you're saying with the autobiography I mean he was definitely very candid very honest in it and the only thing that, that I question is the fact that he, being so honest the fact that he never said that he performed the stranger on himself is uh <laughs> is questionable
2: <laughs> do you know what the stranger is Joey? It's the only thing I, it's good for
1: <laughs> I know what that is yes I you do,
2: do I you do know what
1: it is uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say that most of our listeners are deviants. yeah I don't well, think I'm we have to explain them. it so yeah no I don't think so we're gonna just we're just gonna move on but you know, google if it if hands, you haven't I,
2: heard it yet
1: <laughs> listen there are advantages of having a numb hand that's all i'm saying
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my theory is i think he just broke the band up because i think that's the only way he thought he could get clean was to not be in a rock band
2: that's an interesting gonna... take i suppose um i think he might be onto something uh just like uh, i'm on a pile of cat hair uh <laughs> joey take it away <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, there's a, here's an interesting what if because uh, you, know, it, you know let let's give Dave like a year to take off, and then I don't know if it's one of those things where he got sober and bored and maybe he needed money also. Who knows? I mean. I got to think between multiple rehab stints and a drug habit over the years like he's probably not he's probably decently rich but he probably needs that income coming in you know. Yeah. So I'm guessing maybe because of that but at the same time he's got enough money to build a, a new studio in his house and uh you know as an add-on and because he's now playing again, he's got his arm back, he's re-inspired. Electro uh, he sh- have-
2: electro <laughs> electroshock therapy helped him.
0: Yeah, and um, here's here's a, here's a what if to the scenario that's going down right now in his history, is that he actually had a meeting with Ellison, and at this point, uh, he didn't know that if he was ever going to play again. So basically, dissolving the business relationship. But at the same time, according to Ellison in his book, he was actually giving Ellison the reins to maintain the catalog.
4: Yeah, so basically yeah, I like, recall that.
0: Re- and then Ellison basically turned him down. He's he was kind of like walking. He's like, if you're breaking the band up, I'm just walking away. Are and... you
2: that Ellison said that in his book, huh? Yeah, because yeah. the 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 contention on his end during for the lawsuit that was between him and Dave was that Dave owed him money because Dave, you know, reformed Megadeth but didn't bring him back in. While when he broke up the band, he gave Ellison control of the catalog.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I don't think that there was anything drawn up to back either claim. So okay. I think that's where the lawsuit happened. That's that's just that's kind of a guess, but at the same time, like it's interesting that Mustaine, who's been this longtime control freak, must have felt guilty at some point enough to be like, "Here, you handled the catalog, Ellison," and this is before well, he kind of hung uh, with
2: him. But uh, and and maybe yeah. the lawsuit is because I think Ellison was getting legal advice from Vinnie Vincent. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically, Dave, um you know, because of that whole thing with Ellison, once he gets a studio, he's like, "I got a great idea. I'm going to go in the studio and learn how to use it. At the same time, I'm going to re-record all of the records that we've ever done, or you know, not re-record everything top to Amazing. bottom, but the whole thing about singing new parts, playing new leads. Yeah, let's let's jump into that. He George we'll, 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 Lucas' his catalog. Yep. Yes, he did. Absolutely. And and it's still
1: George Lucas. Like if you go to uh, Spotify, Apple Music, any streaming service, all the originals are gonzo. Greatest hits.
2: But if you go to Amazon, you can still buy them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But you have to get the physical physical only. Even even the digital Uh, downloads are. are uh, What a a burden.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Currently, with the exception of P-Cells, which has a proper remastering with the original parts on there. So, we're going to be Aussieing this for a while until they get all the vinyls circulated back out, you know. So, yeah. Do you, do you but, hear the little snide remarks from Baco in the
1: background about, about the streaming? <laughs> <laughs> so thought, have, you ever seen, have you ever seen a man, uh, it, it was, I was amazed. For two days we were at a fest, and I was really impressed because he was walking around the whole time with wooden shoes. Uh,
2: that's funny. And, and and just, that, just, the, just here's man. the problem is that that joke is older than the <laughs> reference you're trying to make. Nobody gets it. The kids you know, are at home <laughs> streaming this right now, and they're like, what is he talking about wooden shoes for? And they threw him in the sheet You yeah. want me to look it up? I'll type it. If I've yeah. wooden we are going to have to do it. a whole episode on the the whole streaming bit, so I can at least clear the air on what I actually think, and not
0: this uh, wooden shoe nonsense. That's fine. That's uh, fine. It goes really t- well. T- goes really well with a Dan Spitz watch. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you. The, the, the Luddites
1: <laughs> used to throw their wooden shoes called sabots into the machines to break them in 1811 to 1812. Another fresh
0: <laughs> reference for me. <laughs> My That's been to buy it, a Your jokes
2: oh, are older than your movie references. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indiana
1: Jones, American classic. Oh, All right. Let's get back on it. So he, he starts remastering <laughs> everything and he doesn't he doesn't remaster it. He re records. He yeah. does like uh, so tell me which ones that you can tolerate, Joey, and which ones are just abominations.
0: I can tolerate none of them. The only thing, and I think I said this on part two, the only thing good that came out of this whole project was you basically got a new Megadeth record in the MD-45, uh, The Craving, where you get the day vocals uh, as opposed to the Lee Ving vocals from the original. I like both, but that's definitely the only good thing that came out of it is you basically have a new Megadeth album that is really good and really heavy and, and unique in The Craving. So that's it.
2: I need to hear that, man. Because I did not like MD forty five at all. I might like it I better. Seen, with I the sent singer. it to you.
0: I sent it to you after the last episode.
2: Ah, uh, you may have sent it to the uh, Canon, but I didn't get it. Oh, okay. I sent it to you. Joe, that's all right. I know you don't like streaming.
0: <laughs> he hasn't processed it yet. Sorry.
2: I never got anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but but with this said, like, like it's a shame though. It's a shame we didn't even let at least have a so far so so good so what that was remastered versus re-recorded because you know there's a couple albums that would be nice to just have them dusted off and enhanced but not Lucas yeah
0: yeah you know, they're they're working on all those they're they're gonna start coming out slowly but surely oh I didn't know that yeah at first they gotta do the killing is my business one that's coming out this summer yeah I think both mixes are gonna be on the reissue. Because cool. the the vinyl release is touting uh, two slabs, so and it's got the same track listing on both of them. So I'm guessing one's an OG remix and the other one's the remastered remix thing. Which... That's what I'm saying. Like if I have
1: I have if I have both, if they've done that and they had new packaging and things like that, which they, they did a nice job on the packaging of those re uh, records remasters. But give me the choice to listen to both. No, no. Do you have one that's the most blatant, ridiculous? Uh, Overdub with the vocals. I mean, I do. Five Magics. that one was just embarrassing. And that was the one that really stuck out for me. I didn't even know that the re recorded uh, vocals at that point until yeah. that one hit on, because I only bought so far so good. So what initially? And I was like, Holy fuck. That is a drastic difference. What is going on? Yeah, let's, the, drum,
0: the drums are all ZZ topped, Like uh, when they oh, uh, right. that, <laughs> that, that <did. laughs> when they did that thing, they're way too trebly Thankfully the, the ZZ top ones, you can get the old ones again, finally. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's all know, all kinds of bad. Yeah, artists need to be, what's that phrase? They need to be protected from their own shit so they don't fuck it up. I think Shakespeare said it or something. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's an
1: old Sammy. If you if you get a numb hand, you will fuck up your back catalog. I think that's the same. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: we're going to go on to the system has failed. The re-record was called the schedule has failed. Yes.
0: Yes. And it conceived as a solo album from the get go, like the whole, like from pretty much the time he recorded it to the time he finished it. This was not supposed to be a Megadeth album, if you believe what you read. And the thing that makes it probably valid is the fact that Dave is the only principal member of the band. But in a very weird turn of events, for the first time ever, at least at this point, somebody comes back from the past
2: Chris,
3: Chris Poland. Poland.
0: Yeah. Chris now, Does that oh count as a God.
2: negative death or <laughs> a oh, negative that's right, death? It's even so, oh,
1: Ellen. It's right. It's a plus and in a minus one.
2: Ellison out, but Poland. That that pushes it up to a two. But what about the the drummer and the uh, bass player? Who are, who's that on here?
0: Uh, the bass player is really Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've never heard of him either um, <laughs> but, but the X Factor, man, for me Vinny Kaliuta on the drums I mean, wiki this guy Because his catalog is ridiculous He's been playing for decades and decades Professionally More importantly, he played on one of my all-time favorite albums uh, He was a member of Zappa's band He played on Joe's Garage oh, uh, that, The that only alone, Zappa
2: album I could actually get When someone references it
0: There you go. Yeah, Vinny and uh, Terry Bozio both play drums on that album. But uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's more known for playing like jazz and jazz rock. Like, he plays on Sting records. So, like, what's he doing on this? So, what you're telling
2: me, we haven't heard of him, not just because he's a drummer, but he's a drummer who plays jazz. I never noticed the
1: fact that until. You know, just going through prepping for these episodes, that it was just Dave. Like for some reason, I always assumed, even on these these two thousand era albums, that Ellison was there. I always kind of figured that the the drummer and bassist was was gone. But but um, so that was the main thing. Is so he pushed him out. Because he just said, Ellison essentially quit because of the catalog part, or wasn't completely understanding that?
0: I think he was still just angry over the fact that they broke up the band. And it seems like he didn't have much of a say in it either. Like Mm -hmm. there was no consulting or like advance warning or anything. I think that's really where it comes from. Um, It's also important to note that (laughs) my favorite thing here, and you could tell this is a, a certain post rehab trip because this is where it starts. Not, uh, and it's in the album too. All music and lyrics written by Dave Mustaine, except of course Shadow of Death, credited to Psalms 23 by David.
3: <laughs> I
1: wonder if he's getting royalties.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you know, I all, all, kidding, all kidding aside, I think this is a super strong album uh, in the Megadeth catalog. And even and it's one of those weird things where and all this turmoil and all this weirdness and the fact that it wasn't even intended to be a death album. Apparently I think this is one of the must own Megadeth albums, uh, you know, from the modern era on this one is up there. I agree, um, agree. And I think it's the, I think it's really just the bitter taste of the um, awful attempt at re-recording the old catalog. For me, that was my journey with it. I didn't get this album much of a chance when it came out. I didn't appreciate it, but like, you know, just going back a few years ago, listening to him, like man, now I'm ready for this. This thing has aged super well. There's some good songs in there, some good hooks too. Once again, I need hooks in my music, so
1: uh, as do I. Baco, you want to jump on this because I have some things to say at the end.
2: You know, I'll, I'll be brief because I think Joy kind of covered it very. I would say a lot what he did, but again, this is almost like uh, this whole era leading up to an album that we'll get to here. To me, is like just one continual climb. It gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. So I I, I think this is a great record, Uh, a must-have for any Megadeth fan.
1: Dave is pissed off is when good music comes out but it's a really cool mix and I actually have some facts about Die Dead Enough that, that track if I could pull that up for you do you mind Yeah. yeah. okay so do you know anything about the background about this particular song um, Joey no the video is terrible though <laughs> yes well just so you know before this album came out it was Uh, He was proposed back in the era of soundtracks paying artists ridiculous amounts of money that Tomb Raider 2, this song, was supposed to be on that soundtrack.
3: Ah. And
1: there is a lot of big acts on this album that have nothing to do with really with rock per se. Like Moby is on it and uh, the list goes on. It's definitely a video game sounding song. Or like a horror movie song, so so it was rejected. Not rejected, but but Dave said the recording budget wasn't enough for the song. Bullshit. That basically means he wasn't going to be paid as much as other people on the soundtrack. Now, he he resubmitted it before this album came out. That for Saw, so I want to make sure. I just want to listen now. Now being rejected for Tomb Raider, Raider Two, they had some pretty big acts on there. That's kind of like being spurned by a hot chick. This is like being spurned by uh, Baco. You want to put an analogy out there? Can this is like
2: being spermed. Uh, spermed. Uh, this is like being spurned <laughs> by uh, what's what's uh, uh, Mama June, <laughs> something like. <laughs> All I can
1: say is that here's the people that beat him out for for this soundtrack. The the band Sturm, which is S T U R M with some uh uh with
0: the little dots on top that we like so much. Umlauts. It's a big hit for Hansen, by the way. <laughs> let
2: me let me do let me do that again just because we talking uh, uh, <laughs> I had run. to explain <laughs> the joke for uh, loose cannon. Uh, <laughs> <Keep> it. <laughs> keep it. Keep it.
0: Uh, he also got beat up by <laughs> Reverse Bear Trap <laughs> Action. You're making these names up. I'm not. You can go Wikipedia. Reverse Bear Trap. These are all like trap. bands that would pay to play to open for him. <laughs> and then, then my, fa- I'll just end with this. My favorite band.
1: He
2: got beat up for soundtrack again for. Exclusive reasons, but pit bull. Take care. <laughs> now, li- listening to that list of bands, I don't think he got beat out by them as much as he got underpaid, uh, uh, like underbid. That's what. That's what the term I'm looking for. Yeah.
0: And he dodged a bullet, obviously. There, yeah. Dave's
2: you know. a union band, and those are all bands that uh, hire illegals to do the labor.
0: <laughs> scab. These are scab bands
2: that
1: came <laughs> in, right? <laughs> All right, so, uh, Baco, do you want to pick a song for this album? You want me to? What's you go for it, man. What do you got? All right, I'm going to go for one just to throw some variety in there, which has massive hooks, and that's Of Mice and Men.
3: And the five song.
2: so after this this is kind of where he does the the tour thing right that's after uh, oh the system has failed but before United Abom- abominations
0: yes you know at least he had a band to take out finally which is which is good which uh, that became uh, let's see he got Glenn drover in the band and um, I guess uh, then uh, the rhythm section would go on to be James Lomenzo and Sean drover so yeah um, yeah, and, and I mean that was I remember when that happened and I'm like, wow, James Lomenzo's playing bass or Megadeth now. Yeah. I mean, Dave's a fan of the guy, but I'm like, didn't that the guy from White Lion?
2: Yeah, it was White Lion, and then uh after that he was in uh Pride and Glory. Uh Zach yeah, Wild Bands and then uh he did he did a bunch of solo uh years with Ace Freely, actually I think before Pride and Glory, but
0: Oh nice. Yeah, and he uh, did BLS and uh oh, he was course, in black label
2: huh i didn't know that yeah
0: yeah and uh you know it, it just makes sense since he was in pride and glory i love that pride and glory record so that's one of the reasons i gave him a shot of course but and he played on your favorite pirates uh, album sweet and lynch you played on the first sweet and lynch album
2: uh, and the second one
0: too i think oh okay nice yeah so yeah, him, and, I, him and tiki right there and tiki was in pride and glory so there you go uh, There's a lot of weird family tree stuff just right there
2: that has <laughs> nothing to do with Megadeth. <laughs> well, just, uh, uh, it does bring us up to uh, United Abominations. What um, uh, your initial thoughts here? You're the you're the the eloquent one when it comes to rattling off uh, stats.
0: Well, I was definitely more open to listening to this, unlike uh, System has Failed when it first came out, because I, I just. I was getting back into the band a little bit. You know, I'd been a few years since that whole horrible remaster thing. And this thing, I could definitely tell more so than any time. And it's weird because Megadeth has always been a guitar band, of course. Yeah. But I, I feel like this is the album where they were going for like, you know, guitar boner albums, you know, as I like to call them. Okay. I mean, it was just like, Just epic solo, epic solo, epic solo. And, you know, some songs in past albums didn't need those every time. And, of course, there's epic solos all over their catalog. But this is where it really turns into that, I think. And, you know, I'm kind of hot and cold with that kind of stuff. And, of course, there's talent to be had there. And I think Dave is still one of the most underrated guitar players living today. I mean... He's a personality, which means he doesn't get a ton of credit for his playing, I think. And outside of metal circles, especially. I'm
2: going to give you that one. You know, you might have thought of my knee jerk reaction would say perfectly rated. But uh, I remember it was sometime it was after this tour, like, I don't know, around 2010, 2011. They, they were touring with Slayer and I saw him and, and it just dawned on me. It's like I forgot what a badass that guy was on guitar. Uh, he he is amazing.
0: Yeah. And like Glenn Drover, like great guitar. All, all these guys are great guitar players. Yeah. Um, Glenn actually did the album United Abominations, but he
2: and I'm pretty either. sure. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, when Glenn joined the band, it was the best guitar player Dave had ever played with before. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> wow. I, uh, did not say that about uh, yeah. Al Charlie Pretty and, much everybody. Uh, Marty Friedman <laughs> and Jeff Young. Uh, well, actually, probably never said it about Jeff
2: Young. I suppose what are you going to do? Well, this is the new guy in the band. He's OK, but he's no Marty Friedman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he did Did you see he did like a ranking Of his all of his guitar players Oh uh, man, point?
2: I did not Was it as glorious as Michael Sweet Ranking his favorite bass players <laughs> Oh no, nothing's ever going to beat that yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think there's a one degree tie-in To Michael Sweet and Dave Mustaine Just with the use of uh, James Lomenzo We're always, uh, always going to love that
2: Nice um, Back to this record I actually really enjoy the re-recording Of a Tout Leman uh with uh Chris, christina do you know the name uh a scabia, I scabia, think. yeah a lacuna coil um i i would you know i think we covered it on part two i'm not a huge fan of euthanasia uh but this song is a keeper on both records and i really i i didn't have an issue with this being redone i didn't feel uh uh betrayed or anything like that like some people did
0: no, it's definitely, in in the never-ending Metallica versus Megadeth debate, it definitely destroys Unforgiven 2 and 3. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Unforgiven like 2 maybe, but not Unforgiven 3. Let's not get ridiculous.
0: Oh. Don't remember
3: where I was. I realized life is a game. The more serious the are to things, the harder the rules became. Oh, I had no idea what it cost My life passed before my eyes oh, I found out how little I accomplished All my plans tonight So as you read this know my friends I'd love to stay with you all Please smile when you think of me my body's gone last
0: wanted to make sure you awake for this loose uh when we yeah, get to this part uh glenn drover out chris broderick in and that's during the tour so keeping score still
2: yep we're down yeah. to four because poland came in but then he left so we're still at four
0: yeah yeah that would have been to weird a to tour.
1: <laughs> forgot to comment on that but wasn't that a nice return we, we just kind of mentioned them re- really briefly, but I think that's what made the last album so great, too.
0: Yeah. And we didn't talk about their behind the music in the sense that the behind the music came out in 2000, 2001, whenever World Needs a Hero was about to come out. It was like they used to do that with bands that were still putting records out for behind the music. They use them as publicity tools, basically, to mm-hmm. promote their album. And I remember Chris Poland on that one saying that being on tour with Megadeth was like being in Fight Club. So. And like just so it sounded like a lot of sour grapes and a lot of bad memories for the most part. And the fact that he even came back and recorded on an album seems like a miracle now.
1: album more because I've heard it it, it praised so much and I didn't even know until today that Andy Sneap was I guess co-producer there's another guy named Jeff Balding or something like that that's that a great like, name for a rock guy isn't it, isn't it? yeah it's good uh, but he was co-producer on that of course Dave's always the, the executive <laughs> of whatever um, but but yeah I mean the sound of this is great I don't know it, to me it, it just never grabbed me but a Victor Ruiz you know um, supporter of all things, podcasts, your the great Victor. Yes. et cetera, his praise, this album, the playing on it. So I like sleepwalker, but I, I just never really got into the whole thing. So I definitely need to look, look into it more, but, uh, that kind of leads us to Andy Sneap being retained as producer going into the next album. And joy, you want to kind of give us the, you know, take it from here.
0: Yeah, I mean, Endgame—that is another gem in their catalog, in my opinion. Like, even in my overall ranking of the catalog, this one ranks really high.
2: Yeah, same uh, here. It's very high.
0: And and like we're talking about, let's just let's yeah. just, just, just get that out of the way. All three of us, I think, a nice great, great album. That's awesome. And then like like I mentioned before, in United Abominations, we're in the guitar boner era. So. I mean, Endgame is a massive guitar boner <laughs> album yes. um, from the get go. I mean, this, and that's the other thing. That I, I definitely think it's better than United Abominations, as good as that is. Um, it just once it starts, I mean, there is almost zero filler on this album. And it's just like, I mean, it's almost like Michelangelo, badio type stuff. I mean, it's just full blast. The Except whole it's time. good. <laughs> oh ouch. And uh we need to uh, put this one to bed here. Uh sadly, this is the last album in this era where we've had three of them where you have dots in the song titles. Ooh, that's right. It is the end of the dots. So putting it to bed.
2: Um, light uh 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 um, gotta go different to bed
0: dots. different dots there's oh. <laughs> a three three we're not line. talking about
2: umlaws, we're talking about the dot 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 sorry yes different different. my bad
0: so it retained the touring lineup at least chris broderick lead guitar player and rhythm guitar player on this album and of course not bearing the lead at all midway through the in-game tour the return of david ellison
1: yeah and i think that we'll we'll go into that in a second um but the thing that i love about this album besides the majority of it is the fact that and correct me if i'm wrong joey but i think this (laughs) is the first album since so far so good so what that opens with a kick-ass instrumental i believe you are right about that
0: yes
2: yeah, you yeah. kind of stepped no on idea. my lead there too. Just an amazing oh, intro. Uh, sorry, it, it, it's it's killer. No, you didn't literally step on my lead. I just agree with you. It's all
0: <laughs> okay. So let's. Um, uh... You know, I will say about the tour for this is actually the, the the latest time I've seen the band was on this tour. I'm definitely due for another Megadeth show in my life. So it's almost been ten years since I've seen them. But I saw it early on the tour, so I didn't see the return of Ellison uh, and. I thought it was odd that for such a strong album, and I guess this was a way to promote Ellison's return, they're touring under this really strong record, and they decide to do an album tour halfway through where they're tracking Rest in Peace top to bottom. Or at That's least right. They did, yeah. they did a handful of shows at least, which I don't know. I mean, I think that might have killed the momentum of the album a little bit. I mean, I would have been so happy to hear Rust in Peace top to bottom. I Why, think there was a bit of a
2: break. I thought they did a full tour for this, <laughs> and uh, after Elfson came back and the tour was over, they went out and did that before doing another record.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so they the riding behind in that, and they actually, I know they actually played, they did a Clash of the Titans reunion tour with uh, Slayer and Anthrax also around this time as well. There's so. another thing, too, is that I think that the
1: the the LF, elephant the returning was almost part of the contractual obligation for them being at the, was it was just called the big four,
0: the whole video. Cause that was
1: yeah. right there too.
0: Like yeah, so, yeah. that's exactly right after they did. I think that's probably right after they recorded the rust live album and man, mm-hmm. I mean, what a, what a, what a special time. I mean, I don't mean to get all like sentimental about it, but like the big four thing happens and it's so like immediate and they did like a theater screening for it. And because it I went a, to, I saw it. I did too. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, I was just smiling the whole time. Cause I'm like, wow, this is finally happening. I was also like hoping, Hey, maybe they'll tour this and do stadiums and shit. But yeah. Tell you a quick, I'll tell you a quick
1: story about me, me seeing that. When I when I'm, say that I saw it, I saw parts of it. This is kind of amusing. And being a parent, is that uh, uh, it was actually one of my cousins that I was going to. We act, they were seeing Toy Story three, and I saw <laughs> that they were they were screening this. And like I, I turned to my wife and I go, "I'm getting the fuck out of here for about a half hour." And I, I go, go to the other hour. theater. Well, I just left and I saw I saw the end of Anthrax because it was live when they were playing yeah. it. And uh, I'm like, I can't believe I'm here watching a cartoon. So I saw the end of Anthrax and the majority of Megadeth's show. And I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, my God, is it so obvious they've re recorded his vocals? No, wait, (laughs) I I take that back. I'm sorry. I saw it live. So then when I got the actual Blu-ray, I could totally tell that they re-recorded his vocals. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe like you support- all, I mean, for a guy that for a guy that's had so many live random albums, like the rest in peace one, all this stuff or the one with what's the one with the, when he's on the bed falling from like a rude awakening. Like, yeah, rude awakening. Every single
0: album or live DVD is re-recorded. Dave Garbley gook. Yeah, and everybody knows what he sounds like live. I mean, he doesn't have the strongest <laughs> voice in the world, but I mean, I, I think people are going to be pretty forgiving for the most part i mean i'm not gonna say did, you'd be did surprised you guys see the people?
2: end of the, the motley crew i mean they didn't touch vince's vocals at
0: all no i, I can't <laughs> believe like out of everything they've ever done uh, like,
2: like the, it's like almost like they said fuck it vince really we all sound much. and look fine you i mean even Mick Mars is like i can't believe how bad vince looks
1: was I was shocked. This is one of these things that, where I don't know where you guys were with the Megadeth fandom but when I heard this I was that's the easiest word I can say is just just shocked how good it was. Um, it really brought me back to and it wasn't it's not just the thrash I, I should say that it's. I, I don't think that any of us are those dumb fans that if it's not thrash it's not good. They were just good songs.
2: But this was almost like a return to their thrash sound. I mean this it was this, this, this was closer to Rust in Peace than anything they've done since
0: Exactly, that's not lip service either As much as no. bands like to say that kind of shit It really is true, Baco, you're right
1: Yeah, I agree, like when I say The reason I say the thrash thing is that um, I don't think we mentioned this But on the System Has Failed It was kind of like a perfect mix of the Mega Fame and then the You know, the the first thrash roots. That was like a blend, but it was still a great album Where you're right, this is back to like Your, your surgical, technical, just
0: Amazing thrash yeah, and, and that's, of course, why I like System has failed a lot, too, because it's got a lot of pop appeal to it without sucking. Yeah. So This has hooks, too, even being thrashed.
1: And this, yeah. this this came out right after the financial crisis. I was working at a bank at the time, so the whole a Bank of America uh, mm-hmm. reference taking over and just taking things back and all that stuff. we
0: <laughs> really uh, We're like, sitting there every day in the office going, I no wonder what Dave's going to say about us. This is going to be great.
1: No, it's just like, again, it's pissed off Dave during this time. Yeah. Exactly. So, Joey, I, I definitely—it's it's your turn to pick a song. The only thing I, I ask is, I actually think that the weakest song on this album
0: was the single, and that's Head Crusher. What are your thoughts on this? Musically, general? musically, it's good, but lyrically, it's not great. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's not motorcycle bad. You gotta, you gotta admit <laughs> that, though, right? Come on. <laughs> so, what, what, what track you want to play? Uh, let's go straight for the jugular. This day we fight.
2: Gentlemen, after this, I think they kind of peaked at Endgame, in my opinion. Then we get into what I think is a solid record, but a little bit of a step back after a lot of steps forward with thirteen.
0: Can it better myself. I totally agree.
2: I would rather just go to fourteen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because that's super collider. And much no. like
2: you, and much like you were just talking about uh, the the how how. They're riding high. You know, Ellison's back. They just did the big four. And maybe that kind of tied into the little bit of letdown. But, I mean, that's probably not fair because I actually do like the record.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's like uh, if you're going like, you know, roughly on a 10 scale, like in game is like close to a nine. And this one's probably like a seven and a half or an eight. You know, yeah, somewhere fair around enough. there, it's it's not it's not it's not bad. It's I'd just,
2: actually rank Endgame higher than a nine, <laughs> but <laughs> that's hey,
0: that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I
1: think it's kind of uh it's shocking the fact that Ellison was officially out studio wise for ten years. That's how long he was out of it. I did not realize that. It, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. This is the first one since, but from 2001 to now.
2: Did you yeah, hear uh, uh, the text that Ellefson got from, uh, Is it, it's Glenn Drover's the drummer, right? Not Sean was the guitar uh, player, or do I got that backwards? Uh, Sean's the drummer. Okay, Sean Drover sent uh, uh, Ellefson a text just before he rejoined the band. I think it's kind of interesting. And I don't know if there was some kind of falling out between Dave and Lomenzo, but uh, Ellefson got a text from... Uh, uh, the, the drummer drover, and it just said, if there was ever a time for you and Dave to talk, it's now. <laughs> and shortly wow, after that, they were back. It.
0: Wow. Yeah, and um, there was a song that's on that album called Millennium of the Blind. That song was originally demoed in the um, late 90s. Uh, he took elements from that song and turned it into Trust. So the version that's on 13 is all the stuff that they didn't use for trust. So it's the kind of Frankenstein monster to so William of the blind is another one that's old. And, um, uh, let's see. Sudden death had been around for a while, apparently. And when that guitar hero thing came up, they'd used it for that. And the new world order had been around for a while too. So four of the songs they, so they padded 13 to get 13 songs honestly out of it. So,
1: and, uh, going with a death thing never dead again he's trying to milk uh from video games and things like that was from a recorded for a game called never dead which i've never heard of
0: yeah i've never heard of that either and i'm i'm you know i follow games decently i don't play a whole lot of them but i've got friends that are into it
1: yes yeah, so, so this was yeah. a third a third party action fantasy game that obviously failed they got some bucks from it <laughs> sure oh it's a
2: larping do... game
1: loose <laughs>
0: I love live action role playing. Yes, and they did. Uh, they did Duke Nukem, which is on War Chest. They did a song <laughs> That's right. It's on there. I forgot about that. All right, all right. So, any other thoughts on this album? Because I have a few. Um, I've, I've been like the YouTube guy for Megadeth today, so I got to bring up uh, which Public Enemy number one is is a weak song. I don't yes. know why it's the single off the album. I guess they thought, oh, maybe we'll get played on radio. Sudden death, of course, is better. Uh, plenty of other things on this album are better, but if you, you must go look up, don't look up the official video for Public Enemy Number One. Go look up the Jimmy Kimmel appearance for Public Enemy Number One because it's Halloween <laughs> and they're all dressed up like the Universal monsters. And, it look, and Dave is dressed up like Frankenstein's monster. It looks like the episode of the monsters where Herman Monster. Wants <laughs> oh to my be God! The guy. You have to see this. Uh,
2: well, I'm putting this on the the Facebook page as a tease for the show
0: oh man it, it, I mean I hate I don't want to go for the time that yeah, must show, have been a Halloween episode yeah it's if you just type in Megadeth and Public Enemy number one it's one of the first matches it is oh I'm
2: watching it right now it's amazing it's so
0: good it's so <laughs> good like, it's like, uh, Ellefson is the wolf man, and, um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, literally, I saw Elfson the, the first. It's the almost opera. like you're watching it with me. Literally, that was the first
2: close up shot of Elfson. Yeah. You got, uh, Robert the guitar is, player uh, is the, uh, Phantom of the oh, yeah, Opera. Yeah. He's
0: he's doing Paul Stanley, Phantom of the Opera, and, uh, and, uh, Drover is, uh, Dracula. Yeah. So, yeah. I,
2: I gotta you, tell you. You can't even tell that's a Dane.
1: Yeah, man. Th- my, my biggest thing with this, um, this album in general is they they hooked up with this guy named Johnny K who uh, was a
2: another one of those up bucks. and comer hot shots. Johnny K owes you mm-hmm. ten
1: bucks.
0: Yeah, man, Johnny K from down the street, you know. Johnny
1: yeah, K, he, uh, he was like I a I uh, Johnny pro- K. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a hot shot producer for
0: who was he a hot shot producer like um Dexie's Midnight Runners because he said poor old Johnny K right. <laughs>
2: He is a terrible there, producer. Name. There's a reference. Uh. Fresh. Fresh, just like mine. <laughs>
0: These are
1: straight from the bakery. If anybody needs Goonies quotes, just call me up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so but he was like a disturbed producer and a bunch of like new rock kind of stuff like that. And and all I got to tell you is that the, the mix
2: on this. He worked with Enough's and, Enough. Don't forget that. Uh, that's for you, Aaron Camaro.
1: Hey I did not know that that must have been um, one of their albums that I didn't care for all of them
2: so, <laughs> uh, I like
0: a, enough snuff don't listen to them
2: uh, anyway second rate cheap trick
0: I saw I, the oh sidebar chips enough and I saw him when enough's enough snuff open for ace last year and chip is walking around that club smoking weed unabashed unapologetic no one's doing <laughs> anything he doesn't give a fuck you gotta love Chips Enough. He's the man. That's fine. I, I,
1: I've tried many times, and every time I just I have a long sign to just go, Enough's Enough of the Enough's Enough. Every
2: time oh, I do it, funny. I wake up in bed with Aaron Camaro. <laughs> 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 it's amazing. He I mean, it lives nowhere near you. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: yeah, so the, the mix on this album is my most hated mix of any Megadeth album. That's because. They put uh, Megadeth, they put Dave's vocals so far up, if you listen to this after this episode, that it is, that is not the lead quality of Megadeth, is his vocals. It's your fault, Johnny K. Yeah so somebody pick something off this album because this does and unfortunately this one did did I, I got it and i was just like okay they had 13 albums good to know them with uh and
0: it seems like i'm just going it seems, seems like i just listened to the first five minutes of each album but i gotta say they, they went top level on sudden death right off the bat it gave me hope that it was going to be another end game <laughs>
2: Can we finish this like in a few months? I have to go eat. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's split this up into four eras. <laughs> let's let's do it. <laughs> With the super collider uh. and
3: dystopian. <laughs>
1: All right, Joey, give us some more facts on the next album called Super
0: Collider. Uh yes, Megadeth put out an album called Super Collider. It is uh, not very good. Uh, The first song and the last song are the only two songs I really like off this album. So for me, it's uh, it's an original and a cover. So what can you say about it now? I'm like that. Uh, Kingmaker is good. It gives you hope. Uh, I think they even realize it's the best song in the album and the other songs aren't so good. And then they do a very surprisingly good cover of Cold Sweat by Thin Lizzy. Um, It's probably surprising just because they're covering Thin Lizzy. Obviously, Dave is a fan of great 70s music, but it's weird hearing Megadeth cover a Thin Lizzy song. That being said, I liked it a lot. That's about all I have for Super Collider. I'm not a fan of this album. I was very disappointed when it came out. Uh, I even bought the deluxe edition from Best Buy with the lenticular cover and... It could not shine this turd in my eyes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that the best song on this album is the cover of, of Cold Sweat. And because of the fact that I was not a big Thin Lizzy fan, and I'd never heard that song until then. <laughs> Sorry about And then I did. Oh, that's fine. Oh, um, is it the kitty cat? Mm-hmm. The cat doesn't like the album either. So simply-
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the cat likes it. He's upset with Joey right now. He's like, "Are you? <laughs> okay. that's the it's best like- Megadeth record. Meow.
1: I gotta say, there's nothing more than three guys talking in their basement than to have a, a cat in the background to accentuate us.
2: What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I stop letting my cats come down when I record. <laughs> uh, but you yeah, for, fish for for, fish for me, fish. I also got the deluxe edition at Best Buy, and it came with a a few extra tracks. Um, I it comes with a, a live uh, recording of Countdown to Extinction, and that's my favorite song on this record. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is, uh, that is the best Megadeth uh, record, according to Dave, because they were doing a Countdown to Extinction tour. That's right. Yeah. I, I know I mentioned this on another part, but I just think it's so funny that when he was pimping that Countdown tour where they play the whole album, he went on that metal show and he said with a straight face, well, it's the best album.
2: It's their most best-selling record, that's for sure. Best, that's best-selling. For yeah. sure. Joey loves it.
0: I don't hate uh, this record
2: as much as some people, but in no mean, by no means is it good. Uh, I, I, I can throw it on, but I, apparently I don't need to because I haven't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there I mean, a- I'm not trying to shit on a band for putting a different kind of instrument on their album just to try something different because I understand art and everything, but here in a Damn, slide guitar and banjo on a Megadeth album. It was kind of disheartening to me, I got to admit. I, I can handle trumpets because that's very warlike. But the banjo, eh. Which what one was that? how was uh, that The Crows whatever. The Blackest the crow, crow, yes. Blackest yeah. Crow. And then, uh, uh, and and if you need to know anything else about this album, it's got fucking David from Disturbed on it. Is that, Can I go off on that Any other reason? Go ahead. Please, please. Okay,
1: so first off, I actually like this album better than Thirteen because I actually like two songs on it. Okay. But uh, so, "Dance in the Rain." Actually, the first two minutes and let's call thirty seconds of the song. I actually really like. And then for no apparent reason than to say, David, uh, Dave Draymond is on this album to put a sticker on the cover. They, they fucking horseshoe this thing. that has nothing to do with the song. And it just explodes into a big pile of, of steaming horseshit for the next 30 seconds. (laughs) that like goes to like a
2: disturbed song and then just ends yes or no my yeah. brothers and sisters god i hate that guy
0: <laughs> what oh, jungle it's... animal did he make a noise about on that track i forget now but... so here's
1: the deal uh do you mind if i pick the one i think it's my turn anyway but yeah, i'm go gonna pick it. a song of this please yes okay i'm gonna play dance in the rain and i'm gonna cut it off right before that that ass puppet dave Draymond <laughs> kicks in <laughs>
0: Just wrap it up with that. That's
2: a hound of <laughs> silence.
3: Surveillance, courtesy of Big Brother in your car. Drowns Monitor, each and every move you make. It doesn't matter who you
1: I saved all of you from, from Dave Draymond on that track and left it, cut it right at the millisecond before that, you're, that fucker came in. but you're let me hell tell of a about, producer. Let me tell you also a little hatred I have for Dave Draymond, and that is the fact that he, from a band that we all as champion here, that Joey still doesn't give any play to, and I have no idea because they have every single element that he would probably like, but that is the ridiculously named band Boba Flux. They had a cover of Sound of Silence that came out, about ten years ago roughly. It was kind and of a signature this, this cover for him. Signature cover, all is played it live, and then this no talent <laughs> ass clown comes in. They stole that from this band that they can't even play it now because they actually think you break it down, Baco, why do they not play
2: yeah, it? Yeah, they um people uh People think they're doing the Disturbed cover. <laughs> oh,
0: that's unfortunate. And I've heard Boba Flex's version. It's way better. Yeah. Okay, good. And I'm and I'm definitely
2: inspired. Awesome uh, and also,
0: they're a Gigantor alum. They, uh, Megadeth kind of gave Bubba Flex their big break by putting him yeah. on Gigantor, I believe.
2: People yeah. talking with hound speaking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd rather hear Art Garfunkel do it by himself <laughs> than, than I'd rather hear Art,
2: Con- Art Garfunkel take care of himself If you know what I'm saying <laughs> That's
0: oh, right man. Don't get it in my hair Oh my god,
2: he's got a lot <laughs> Well he had a I lot of He can't have much like stuff, right?
1: hair, dude. Yeah. Oh it's incredible That's all I gotta say uh but yeah so moving on i think we've moved from oh by the way last last little factoid about that album it was also produced by johnny Kay. yeah any other comments about johnny Kay?
0: <laughs> he owes me 20 bucks now with interest after uh, <laughs> super collider I'll yes. get to it. yeah okay uh so next up well next
2: uh i think kind of a return to form a little bit at least i like the record a lot is uh megadeth dystopia
0: Agreed. It's it's. It, I mean, it's it's almost like a, it's almost like a movie script. You have to hit bottom to to get back to yeah, you know where you belong, as uh, Shakespeare I think once said. Uh, but dystopia is is it's really good, and you know I don't even know. Like you hear the things that Dave says in interviews sometimes, where he talks out of his ass and he talks about his political stuff, and it's every like, interview. Yeah, it's like he's apolitical to the point where he'll say something that actually is somewhat intelligent, and then he'll just go right off the rails. And this album's kind of like, if you didn't know where he was coming from, you would think that he is very, like, uh, you know, like in the middle. Because this, uh, if you're looking for for your side of politics and dystopia, it's there. And yeah. I think that's kind of interesting how ambivalent it is, and it's not about one side of politics it's just wherever your head is at, and that's kind of the interesting approach about dystopia. I don't know if he meant to do that, but that's how I uh, view it when I when I listen to Dystopia. Dave is
1: mad from whoever is in power. Then, like you would think, he is a complete Trump supporter, but from all his interviews. But at the same time, he's on uh, uh, Body Count's album doing the intro, yeah. like, where he's where he's basically saying. Agreeing with Ice T's part saying that Trump is the evil and the whole world is falling apart because of this ass part because this asshole wouldn't you say, yeah. Joey?
4: Hashtag yeah, I mean, give him a chance.
0: It's, <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to know where he's coming from because sometimes he's kind of like a Gene Simmons approach where he's like, well, I mean, he got where he is because of you know the kind of person he is and how very relentless he is and all this other shit. But yeah, i was showing up on body count. Don't understand it. Is he looking no. for he's looking for a strong opener on his tour or something i don't know yeah but it's the like i said once again the cool thing about it is it feels like it definitely feels like a p sells approach um, because it's just all about this one thing about you know about how crazy the world is and how we're more divided than we've ever been and all this other stuff and like i said if you're depending on where you're coming from you'll enjoy this album and it's not divisive. It's just like, huh, it's just right there in front of your face and you interpret it the way you want to in your head. It's interesting. You say that now, Baco jump in here is that, Oh, well, I've heard a lot of people, uh,
1: friends of mine that say, I can't listen to this because it is a completely right. Right wing album.
0: But I agree uh, with what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it's right wing. Even, even if he is the album, isn't It's like I said, it's, it's definitely open to interpretation. Um, and of course, the ban on this is you got some ringers in here. And not that they didn't have them before, but they got some people that actually got some attention. Yeah, yeah now we got, by the way, we, we and... got a
2: couple more body count, right? So we got Kiko out or Kiko in. So that means uh, Broderick is out now and yes. uh, Drover and is out. Drover's out too. And
0: Was there kills in the last two that we didn't mention? No, no, that was it was Broderick, Ellison, Drover on the last one.
2: And the Lamb of God drummer officially joined and then officially left, so he's another (laughs) casualty. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Chris Adler uh, played on the album, did the first video, and um, then he split. Um, You know, yeah, I could see that because you know Lamb of God still probably. I'm I'm not a fan, but obviously as far as a longevity and career, it's got some gas in the tank. Yeah, as long as there's a metal festival, Lamb of God will be there. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, they,
1: they rank higher. Like they have
0: it's the tour
1: right now is Slayer, Lamagon and then Anthrax. It always, Anthrax that always gets
0: Anthrax is, gets the fucking shaft every time. Kill Switch engage, forget about it. I mean, always <laughs> the opener. Kidding me? There you must know, be <laughs> like something
2: to street. to validate that, those numbers, don't you think?
0: Absolutely. I mean, Anthrax is the most mismanaged metal yeah. band, probably of all time. That's great. That's like. That's like, should be almost everybody. Even you guys have to agree in a perfectly rated world. Oh, no. The Anthrax Anthrax is perfectly. Anthrax is perfectly rated because of decisions they've made.
1: I'm going to just give you my, my, my quick synopsis on this is the only soft part of this album for me is death from within and bullet to the brain. I can, those are okay, but straight through. I, I, I this is my top three or four albums. By Megadeth. I like it. It yeah. was my number one for that year. I was very angry that year so it worked out well but uh no and the, the album cover one
0: of their best again i think it's a great album cover that's a good one and, and you know it, it, there's probably uh i'm sure it was thought out to use the imagery of dystopia because it's such a big deal right now with uh teen fiction and the movies and everything like that i i immediately thought of that like you know that's the thing, you gotta appeal to the kids if you're a band, no matter how old you are. So I feel like that that's why they did it. But at the same time, he writes that kind of material anyway, so I'm not gonna beat him up a lot for doing that. I'll give him a pass. Yeah, so this is my number one album where we ranked him for two
1: thousand sixteen and I'm gonna pick what what you can decide, people. Is it America Fuck Yeah, or is it not? And that is post American World. Give a plug back to Joey too before I do our, our closing remarks, and that is Rock Strikes Ten. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but was one of the first podcasts I listened to. And you were officially—I'm not sure if you knew this—the first person that I sent my recording for to give to ask for your advice when I did my first two episodes. I did solo, stumbling through it, recording on an iPhone and stuff like that.
0: I remember that, and I—I I was very flattered by that. And I will be—I'm going to put it right out there. Initially, I was like, "I don't know about this other guy," but Baco, you grew on me. It took a couple episodes, and I love you now, man.
2: <laughs> that's that's See? high praise, Joey. That means a lot to me. Right. It, it, it is, yes. The, the it was a is. work in progress. Those early episodes make me cringe.
1: Why don't you give a quick summary of your show?
0: Uh, Rock strikes ten. It's always ten songs, no more, no less. There's a different theme. Every week, I'm trying to get back into old school themes. I'm thinking that longtime friends of the show appreciate the old school themes in addition to some of the ongoing episodes, like where we do new music, like everybody else, and, uh, you know, like the following episodes. Those are fun and everything, but I'm getting back into themes. I'm doing another Crack the Code episode this week, so look out for that and
1: nice those are yeah. very difficult i never made a crap. no shit
0: this one's going to be very easy it's going to be down the line and that this one's going to be fun for me because i get to be a, a slightly uh, politically social on it while playing fun music at the same time so i get to have the best of both worlds when it comes to things like that so yeah so i've
1: discovered just like we hope on our show but i've discovered a multitude of bands from listening to rock strikes 10 over the years, but uh, let's bring it back to Megador, mega oh mega. Let's bring no, it again, back right to, the first time. <laughs> let's bring it back to Megadeth and let's have the mega dork
0: bring down his albums
2: <laughs> top
1: to bottom. Joy,
0: you have the floor. All right. Starting yeah. from the bottom and I won't do the point system, but I can tell you that the, the bottom slot is very low in points. Number 15, uh, got 23 points out of 100, which I think might still be generous, but Risk, of course, at the bottom at number 15. uh, The point system doubles literally to 46 for Countdown to Extinction at number 14. Now, I realize that being said, that means I've got Super Collider at 13. That's like, I guess I did like Super Collider better than Countdown, but it might be one of those things where there's more songs on Super Collider, so more halves came in. So that's just, I'm going to go with that. Number Plus 12, Dave Drayman. yes yeah I think that got a zero maybe uh, maybe a half if it got lucky but I'm, I'm thinking it scored a zero when I did it months ago when we first concocted these episodes uh, number 12 is 13 so everybody got that okay uh, <laughs> <number> of,
3: <laughs>
0: I know um, uh, number 11 seven eight, uh, points point wise these two kind of tied but I've got number 11 as world needs a hero. Followed by number 10 with United Abominations. In the case of a tie, I just go with personal preference. If I was going to pick up one and listen to it, and I had those two side-by-side, which one I'm going to listen to, I'm going to listen to United Abominations before I listen to World Needs a Hero. Sure. All right. Uh, Number nine, and there's a massive jump in points here. So basically we're getting into the upper echelon. From here, these are the albums I recommend you have in your Megadeth catalog. If you don't own the ones that I've already mentioned, that's fine but these are must-owns from here on out. So number nine, I have Dystopia. Number eight is Endgame. Number seven, Killing Is My Business. Number six, System Has Failed. Number five, So Far, So Good, So What? Number four, Cryptic Writings. Number three, Euthanasia. Number two, and I just barely missed number one. I know you're like, you know it's between these two albums. Of course it is. Number two I have, Peace Sells But Who's Buying. And number one, Rest in Peace.
1: Well done with a countdown or count up. <laughs> yes? Yeah, it is
0: a, it's always a, it's count a countdown. Up, yeah,
2: that's totally a countdown, yeah.
0: It's a count up. I. I, I yeah, uh, euthanasia
2: countable. way too high. Other than that, I'm good with it.
0: I know. I mean, you heard me rave about it on the last episode. Yeah. That one is – Back that's, in January. That's my bad. Yeah, back at way back at the beginning of the year, that is my. I had a bad day at work album, and I put that on, and I can get through that, right. that top half because it's the top half is really excellent, especially. But yeah, and I know I'm going to get some hate mail. Today. You agree that euthanasia? The second half is not as good. Yes, it's not as good, but I can still make it through without you know. No, I hear Almost you. No problem. I mean,
3: I,
1: I, I gotta say I, I don't have any real issue with that that list. I mean, the top nine. I'm pretty sure between Baco and I that it's just kind of a jumbled.
2: Sure. Other than no. euthanasia, yes.
1: Yeah, for, for you,
2: yeah. I have euthanasia damn near at the bottom, uh, just above risk. Gotcha. Wow, wow. Just not but you my like, thing,
0: but, but you like countdown a lot more than I do too. So. Correct. Yeah. Well, it
1: it also has to do with uh, Baco really likes Johnny Kay.
2: <laughs> I love you Johnny K. Johnny K.
1: But uh I think that's it. I think we we've, we've covered it. We've covered the whole Megadeth Dave era. Any, anybody else have anything to say? How about some closing remarks about Megadeth in general, Paco? Uh,
2: you know uh, what a fun band. I mean just just you know you know how much I like to, just just to talk about Kiss because of all the Arcs and peaks and valleys and all the drama and all the nuances. Megadeth gives you all that too, and and Joy touched on it earlier in this episode that they have the larger catalog, which you know gives us more to talk about. Um, So, what? Just I don't know. Even if even the stuff that I don't like, I like. It's it's kind of weird, you know. It's just I their worst Megadeth record is still okay in my book. So, yeah, I love Dave Mustaine, and I'm gonna go do the Stranger when we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all all of us should yeah. together it's everybody ritual. listening to this when you're done go you do the stranger and in, when you're in, done run right tribute. Now.
1: We're going to talk for the next three minutes. At this point, start sitting on your hand.
2: Yeah.
1: If, uh,
2: You'll be if, good if, to go if, when if, the last song comes on. If, Try if to finish feeling, before it's over, like a, like you're at a strip club.
0: If the feeling comes back halfway through, then The Stranger has failed.
2: Oh. Stranger has failed. There's another name. I <laughs> like That's Joey. The
1: Stranger is failed. Give it up to Joey on that one. That was good. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree, too. I think that Metallica of the big four is the most boring band. There's nothing really to talk Pretty about. Pretty much, that. yeah. As, as far as their, you know, at some point, they got a new bassist. That was about <laughs> it. You know, they got two new bassists. That is, there's nothing really to talk about them as far as the personnel and everything like that. Megadeth is super interesting. So is Anthrax um, as far as all the, the turmoil and everything like that. But player's
2: is probably just slightly less boring than uh, Metallica, but there isn't a whole lot of, like, uh, talking about them isn't as fun.
1: There really isn't, but I do have to say, a Slayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're to put, doesn't matter, members now or or before. Imagine if there's a police lineup and they just put all those guys up there. That, I mean, if you were picking who is the person that that did something, whatever it was, terrible, you'd be like, I can't decide. All of them, they're all guilty. <laughs> a
2: bunch I, of I don't think you understand I, what police lineups are for, loose. <laughs> <laughs> it but isn't like somebody. pick somebody that looks <laughs> guilty. not, no, not that you just, witnessed anything.
0: Which no, one of these guys God looks yeah, like well, you a did the stranger creep? Point him out now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're trying to figure out who the, the guy person with the dead arm. You, but you look at them, you're like, they all look evil. They must have all been the person that attacked me. They that. Is the only band of any band that they're like still to this day they're all satanic that's all I have to say Rock's not dead do it again that's not enough <clears throat> sorry fucking... think Lego oh. Batman
0: Rock's not oh, no 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 okay hey okay.
3: <laughs>
1: hey Joey it's hey, Joey. Mm-hmm. i just say the rock's but dead part. I need you to imagine that Radiohead just finished covering their entire album <laughs> Kid A live. Do it. Come on, man. You got it in you. Bring the balls.
0: I'll really start moping now. <laughs> rock's not dead. It's sweaty
2: bullets. And you've been sitting on your hand this whole time.
1: want to mention that Megadeth will be on tour later this year with a new album featuring Kiko Larero on guitar and Chris Adler on drums, two new members of the band that I will soon fire. They'll be joining an esteemed list of ex-Megadeth employees, such as Chick Baylor, Chris Broderick, Jimmy DeGrasso, Glenn Drover, Sean Drover, Dave Ellefson. I fired him once, fucker came back. Marty Friedman, James Lomenzo, James McDonough, Nick Menza, Al Petrilli, Chris Poland, Gar Samuelson, and Jeff Young. Hell, I couldn't identify half these assholes in a lineup. I gotta go re-record vocals on my next concert DVD. Nothing will make it sound any better. And yes, I always leave voicemails with my own theme music
3: in the background. Peace sells, bitches.
2: This Duck video is ridiculous.